recording. Oh no! Hey, how are you? Hello, friends. It is a divisional round weekend. I hate it. It is Saturday. We are bubbling over in anticipation. Yes, Saturday, the 17th, 16th, 17th, 17th, 16th. Yeah, January 16th. Yes, it's game day. That's all you need to know. Yes. Nothing else is happening right now. This is not a big day for any other reason other than that it's divisional round weekend. Correct. It is, you know, we we had to have an emergency uh, record sesh live from uh, Trump Tower in <laughs> New York City, where where the recording studio is now set up. You know, they uh, they this is this is where we are currently. Matt is definitely here, not in his basement. I'm in my bunker right now. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we have four games that we're going to go over over the course of the next, you know. Over the course of the show. And, of course, really, we'll go in. Yeah, this is really the, the most high quality of football. This is the best weekend of the year. I really think so. So, the, yeah. the first, you know, you asked me early on, do I have quick hits for you? I don't. But I do have sporadic questions for you, such Wonderful. as what is your drink for the football games today? Hmm. Well, I did explain to you last night that I was living like a 40-year-old mom and uh, mixing diet sodas with Tito's. But today, today, what am I going to drink? Ooh, I have a whole, you know, those pint cans of Guinness, the, the ones with the little mm. pressurizer inside. I have I was the about real, to say I could I, go for Guinness. I have the, um, my parents went to Ireland. They got the Guinness, like the real ones, like the, the cool shaped ones. And then you just pour the whole thing in. Um, that's a wonderful picture, by the way. Um, I can see the Andrew Jacob, uh, uh, John Snow, and uh, Egrid picture. You like that? It is just wonderful. Yes. What was I, I wanted to say? To see oh, what yeah. You yes. Um, yeah. So it's going to be a combo of that. And oh, I have a mini blender. I don't know if you sh- I showed you. I have a mini blender. So the, I have limitless possibilities on Thursday, Thirsty Thursday. What I did is I poured milk, vanilla ice cream, put Oreos in. Blend of that wow. up. And then I put a shot of Kahlua and a shot of vodka. And it was a frozen mudslide and it was amazing. Was that the same drink that you showed me during Thanksgiving? That I think um, you said you had like during breakfast or something like that. It was like an ice cream looking drink too. Uh, well, I had uh, Irish coffee and then I did a, um, my dad made kind of more of a different, his frozen mudslide had. Um, I think it was just vanilla ice cream ice and then had uh, Bailey's in it with Kahlua and vodka. This one had Oreos in it. Like I put actual whole Oreos in and then right. the, the Oreo is the Matt special. Yes. It's my, uh, my touch. Um, <laughs> but I will now, be that, getting, that's not a football drink though. Does it have to be? What's a football drink? Well, I like the I like the Guinness cheap, idea, but cheap domestic beer. No, no. I mean, you know me. I don't like cheap domestic beer. I'm I'm all for the Guinness, right? But maybe I I think that the the mudslide seems like a, a celebration type of drink, like after Brady wins on. I uh, just Sunday. another day, another twenty four. Yes, celebrating another twenty four hours. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. What, what, what are football drinks? Because you can't be uh, – Samuel Adams, Guinness, um, you know, of course. Or those aluminum Budweiser cans from the Hawkers that walk up and down the aisles. Yeah, I hate Budweiser. I hate Bud Light. I hate Coors Light. I hate all those cheap light beers. I mean, it's just not not tasty. But man, it does the trick. Trust me, <laughs> it does the trick. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we might as well get into uh, the first set of games. And the right. first one is in uh, snowy Green Bay today, four thirty-five yes. p.m. on Fox. We have the Southern California football team, the LA. Rams visiting the Packers, where it's still flurrying there for Coach Matt Lafleur. There will Let be the bodies hit Lafleur. Yes, yes. Um, so it, the the line on this. Do you want to do you want to hear the uh, saber metrics on this football game? I you know me in the numbers. Yes. So the the Green Bay Football Packers are favored by six and a half football points, and the over under is forty five and a half. So they mm. they do. I I feel like that lower number is uh, due to the uh, questionableness of uh, Jared Goff's thumb, as it's still recovering from being broken, and the weather, which might have an effect, and also the Rams' defense. Yeah, I was gonna say six and a half points, Matt, and starting quarterback still has a bad thumb, and it's cold, and it's probably gonna stop snowing by game time, but. With those factors, I don't, I don't know how that's a recipe for success. I mean, right. because remember last week they were saying one out of every four balls Goff throws was coming out like a duck. And granted, right. Goff already throws a loose spiral with poor mechanics. On top yes. of that, I mean, he does, right? He doesn't throw a tight spiral. He has this long motion. And then so you're saying now we have cold and now we have a bad thumb. If this game turns into – you know, a, a passing shootout, right? Because if, if Cam Akers can't run the ball for them, Aaron Rodgers can still sling it in the cold, you know? Right. We've, we, we saw him do it against Tennessee. Yes. Um, I, I would say the one thing about Green Bay is their run defense is a, a little suspect. So I would say that the whole point of Jared Goff is to have a good uh, running game in front of them. The, the one factor that I find interesting, not that it matters specifically for this Rams team, but the Rams franchise has won once uh, in Green Bay over the last 25 years, which is well wow. longer than we've been alive. Um, I feel like that should continue today. So it's six and a half points. Um, I can see a lower scoring game. The, the problem is I am currently scrolling through the injury report, trying to find the uh, St. Louis Rams um, injury situation. Uh, also, it, yeah, yeah the, I'm looking at the Packers really don't have anybody that's really injured. So that's not anybody of value. I never knew they had Devin Funches on their team. Maybe he opted out. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. But while you look for that, I did see somewhere – um, I was told that Jared Goff, I think, in inclement weather or cold weather, has one of the worst passer ratings uh, of, of, of any quarterback. Yes. So I don't think that the kids who play in warm 70-degree, fun Los Angeles rainbows and unicorns weather all the time 
are going to be able to go to Green Bay and pull one out here. You know, Green Bay has had a week to get ready. Uh, Goff, I, you know, they say, well, now Goff has had another week to get his thumb ready. But I mean, if, if you get thumb surgery and then you rush yourself back, I don't know how fast this is healing. And then he goes through practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and he's throwing the ball. If you keep stressing things out in your body, I don't know how well it's going to heal. Um, I, I think that the Packers are going to cover six and a half. Uh, the only question is 45 points. You said the over under is 45 and a half, you know, 45 and a half. I don't think the Rams are going to be able to score a lot of points, maybe some garbage time points. I would say the, the, the most amount of points that I see the Rams scoring is 17. Uh, and I could see, uh, I could see this going tight. It, it could be 28, 17, right. For the over under, it could be 30 to 17, but I think we're right around that 45 and that's a good over under set, but I'll go over here because uh, of some Rams last minute, uh, like field goal to make it from a three possession game to a three possession game. I, so here's the injury report for the Rams. Uh, The only one that is of any significance is Cooper cup. Who is a game time decision. Uh, Jared Goff is not on the injury report. Aaron Donald is also not on the injury report either. He left the game last week against Seattle. Um, and here's the other thing. I see 45 and a half. I think it's going to go under. And I think the Rams are going to cover specifically wow. because dad, um, uh, Donald's good to go. Not on the injury report. Goff should be good to go. I don't think they're going to score very many points. I don't think they're going to move the football very well. But I think that they'll do just enough on defense to keep this game close. Uh, I think this will be in the low 20s, um, say 23 to 20. How about that? Okay, 23 to 20, and I'm going with 30 to 17. Right. Shall we go to the so, uh, the next football game? I, yes, we'll go to the next game, but just one last note. I am interested. The things I'll be looking for, you know, you always got to look for uh, some keys to each game. Uh, I want to know early on, how is Goff's thumb? How is uh, Donald's ribs? You mentioned Cooper Cup. And I want to know the weather. At 4.35 p.m., I want to know the weather. But that's what I'm going to be looking for at game time. The next game is going to be the nightcap of Saturday. It will be Baltimore and Buffalo, okay? It's going to be a bird versus a, a ferocious, ferocious mammal, right? A bill. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yes, <Right>. a so, bill. <laughs> a bu- well, a bu- yeah, a buffalo, right? <laughs> well, it's a bill. <laughs> named Buffalo. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or is it a buffalo named Bill? Who knows? Right. Or- Would you like the, the gambling uh, sabermetrics on the, the Buffalo's um, Baltimore's game? A lot Let's of these- And then I have, I have a sabermetric for you, too. Fun. So the, the point spread is... Uh, two minus two and a half for the Bills at home. Not that home or away really matters very much. Uh, the over under is 49 and a half. So this is pretty much a game that Vegas likes straight down the middle. Um, so the, here's, yeah, here's my saber metric for you, Matthew. Yes. Josh Allen is the first player in NFL history with 4,500 plus passing yards, 35 plus past touchdowns and five plus rush touchdowns in a single season. Hmm. 
You know, cool. I, 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 I think <laughs> that, you know, what we said last week with Buffalo, I said they played nervous, then they played well, then they played stupid. Eliminate the stupid, and that's fine. They might come out nervous again. Baltimore has a good secondary. They have Humphrey. They have Jimmy Smith. You know, they, they have got a good run guys. defense now. Did you did you watch him against Derrick Henry last week? I, I did also. And Buffalo doesn't have a good run attack minus Josh Allen, right? Right. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, I don't think are you know, they could be good running backs for all we know, but I just don't think they get the amount of touches or rhythm for us to ever find out. Um, you know, just because of a how often they pass the ball now in Buffalo. B Josh Allen is like the third running back with, with the carries that are being split. But if, if, you know, it seems easy, right. If you're Buffalo's defense, because I, I'm thinking to myself, well, if I can get Lamar Jackson to throw the ball, then I think we'll have a good chance. But if, if, if he's going to run for over a hundred yards and then they can get, uh, you know, Dobbins involved and Edwards involved running, and it's just run, 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 run. They're ripping off 12 yards every single run. Then I'm like, okay, now they're in trouble. But, I, again, I'm not scared of Lamar Jackson throwing the football. Uh, I am interested to see how the secondary from Baltimore uh, plays against guys like Diggs, Beasley, Brown, Gabriel Davis, okay? Because we've yet to see a team really take away Stephon Diggs. Right. right. And we, you know, you know, as much as me, there's two strategies to taking away a number one receiver. Well, you either put a, your best defensive back on him or B, you put Take like out his knees. best. Well, yes, you put your second best defensive That's my back strategy, on him. But yes. <laughs> and shadow him with a safety, but Correct. two and a half points, you know, that I think Buffalo will be able to cover. What do you think about this game? So here's another interesting thing. I know ESPN lies, but there's super awesome football power index. FPI has uh, is shading toward uh, the Baltimore Ravens in this game. And by 51% to 48.5% margin, which is interesting. Um, huh. Which I, I, ESPN does lie, though, so I'll put that as a caveat. The one thing I'll oh, they say They also is, started the flake gate. Correct. Um, the one thing I'll say is... Baltimore does have the defense to, or at least they, I feel like they have a secondary to match up and play representative against uh, Josh Allen. Um, And I feel like they have, (laughs) we, we both know Buffalo is not very good against the run, defending the run and Baltimore is the, the ultimate running uh, football team. We saw John Taylor did last week. Right, and I, I was I was honestly it was kind of crazy how they they ran themselves back in with Naheem Hines. Um, I the, the this will come down as most games will to the quarterback. I feel right. Who who do you have the faith in? And well, coach quarterback. This is a classic coach quarterback game because last week it was more of they took away Derrick Henry, uh, the Ravens being, and then Tennessee really couldn't do anything, so they prove that they were a flawed team that I feel like this game will be close throughout. I don't know. I feel like you would agree. It's a two and a half point spread. So if you take Buffalo to cover, that's still maybe a three, four point game. Um, John Harbaugh is a bitch, but he's a smart yes. bitch. And I, I feel like he'll have his team ready to go. I feel like he won't make the dumb mistakes that Frank Reich and his football team made in uh, with Indy last year or last week. Um, 
Buffalo should win this game. Uh, Baltimore, as much as I still think about Baltimore and Ray Lewis and Joe Flacco and Harbaugh coming in and all of that, most of all of those guys are gone. It's just Harbaugh and then a bunch of guys who haven't won a playoff game or won one now. Uh, I feel I'm going to take Buffalo to cover, but I don't think it's it's going to be a pretty close game. I don't know what the weather should be. 49 and a half it's is 30, a lot. It's 33 degrees right there in Buffalo now. I'll take the over. I'll take Buffalo so, to cover and the over, but I'll, I'll say it's going to be 28. How about 28, 27? No, no, 28 to uh, 28, 24, not 28, 27. 28, 24. And you, you're talking about John Harbaugh. He took away Derrick Henry last week. What do you take away on Buffalo's offense? Because it seems like you have a, okay, you take away Stephon Diggs. Okay. So then you, you work with Beasley keep, Brown and, and Gabriel Davis. You keep uh, Josh Allen in the pocket. That's <laughs> You don't try to take, I mean, obviously you try to defend him, but I'm, I'm saying take away. Well, how did, um, how did the, uh, the Colts get killed? Like, especially late in that first half, how did they get killed? Josh was, Allen rolling and then yep. chucking it down the field. Yeah, uh, yeah, keeping him in the pocket, and the, this is the other thing the, the, we've spoken about the Ravens before. They have uh, their two defensive tackles back, uh, Brandon Allen and Calais Campbell, or Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell. Um, those are going to be huge in the middle. I feel like they have some quality linebackers. They have Yannick Ngakwe who can get to the quarterback. The key is keeping Allen in the pocket. I don't know if they can do it for a full 60 minutes, but I feel like they will be effective. Enough. Because it's and good, I don't know. It's if, as... Yeah, I don't know if Lamar has enough in the passing game to, to keep pace for a whole sixty minutes with Buffalo. I agree with that. And as good as Baltimore's secondary is, no, no secondary can hold up for six seconds if you have Josh Allen rolling around. There's right. just they, no one good the, enough to do that. The one thing that Buffalo's done uh, really well this year that's going unnoticed is they've protected Josh Allen exceptionally well. Would you agree? He is, he is, he is all the time in the world. And that obviously has helped. Um, And I I feel like they, that that's an unsung part of the the whole Buffalo uh, offense right now, as you saw. Yeah. I know some Buffalo fans that would say, Oh, well last week against the Colts, Josh Allen didn't have enough time. And, you know, he was getting pressured. And I would say, well, I think Josh Allen's one of the quarterbacks who holds the ball much longer than most people. You know, he's holding the ball for, you know, I think very close to three seconds sometimes in the pocket. Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. So it's like the offensive line holding up for that long is really good. And you're expected to have pressure once you start holding and holding and holding. So, but one of what there's there's an interesting stat. Josh Allen, the longer that he holds onto the ball, the better he does. It's kind of like Aaron Rodgers, right? And it's almost the opposite of guys like Tom Brady, right? If if he's holding onto that ball, Brady always said nothing good happens when the ball is in my hands. Right. I yes, and I I do feel like though. Baltimore has the um, intellectual structure, if you want to put it that way, to, to figure out something to 
at least minimize Josh Allen's scrambling ability to a certain extent. I don't think they can do it to the full extent, but look how Belichick's played him throughout the years. He, he keeps him in the pocket and he makes him read the whole field. And if you cover him tightly, I don't know if he has the, the ability to um, still capitalize on these tight window throws. I'm sure there's tight window throws that he's made when he's on the run. And that's, that's a whole different scenario, but I, I feel like making him throw the ball within the first, you know, two and a half, three seconds is key. So, yeah. Shall we? Uh, yes. This is my, this is the game I'm most interested in. The Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. The uh, Cleveland Browns are 10 point dogs on the road. Kansas City is a 10 point home favorite. Um, and the over under is 57. Man, maybe they're expecting Cleveland to get out to another 28 0 lead uh, before blowing it to Kansas City, who puts up like, 40 points, you know? Yes. Um, let me, I mean, let me go through the injury report. That's a high over under. Yes. I, uh, let me go through the injury report real quick because I don't know if Cleveland still has half their team out with COVID (laughs) because that, it, that makes a difference. Um, Jack Conklin returned to practice Friday. That's a big one. BJ Goodson is questionable. Uh, I don't know who that is. Joku is listed as questionable. Uh... But, you know, I think for Cleveland to be competitive in this game, I do think they'll need another early lead slash early padding. You know, I'm asking for 28 points spotted is unreasonable. But I think if they can, you know, we've seen Kansas City, the last three playoff games that they've been in, they fell down early, 24 nothing against Houston. Then I think 10 to uh, uh, Tennessee. And then I think they fell down 10 points was, in the fourth quarter right, against uh, San Francisco. Right. So, you know, it, can, I, can I ask for 10 points for, for Cleveland in order just to get, uh, you know, cushioned? Because if Cleveland gets demoralized early on, um, you know, in this game, if they, if Cleveland falls behind, I don't think it's going to be looking good. I think if they can get to 10, nothing somehow, or a 10 point lead. And then that way, even if Kansas city scores quick, right. It's not like they'll be out of it. You know, Kansas city could still score two touchdowns around and it'll only be 14, 10, you know, but if, if it never gets to like a Kansas city two possession lead early in the first half, then you start thinking if you're Cleveland, like, oh, you know, do we, can we hang with them? You know, do we deserve to be here? So I, I do think they need some padding early on. And then, you know, X's nose wise, that will allow them to keep running the football with Chubb, with Hunt. If you fall behind, what the first thing that inexperienced play callers do is they'll abandon the run. Like you can't abandon the run if you're Cleveland. If you can't run the ball, you're going to lose. I think so. Let me, uh, let me a little update too, because I haven't been following Cleveland's uh, COVID situation that we're all familiar with. Uh, their Pro Bowl guard, uh, Joel Batonio, uh, is back. Uh, their two starting quarterbacks are back because they didn't play in the game against uh, Pittsburgh. I'm assuming their coach right. is back as well. They've been able to practice. I feel like that will make a huge difference too. 10 points is a lot of football points. 
I think it'll go over and I think it'll be close too. And let me ask and, and you this. How- what, what was the spread again, Matt? 10. 10 points. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that Kansas City will cover 10. I don't think I, the other thing 10. is they haven't played. I don't know if you, you noticed, they haven't played that well down the stretch. I know they're 14 and two, but like they had a game against Atlanta where they, they were struggling and they probably should have lost. And they, I, I feel like they've just been, you know, they, their offense has been struggling the last few weeks. Um, they still have the idiot factor uh, for his, obviously Andy Reid has won a Super Bowl, So we're going to now just anoint him the greatest coach of all time. But of course he, um, yes, the, uh, the recency bias there is you forget that he has uh, still no clue how to manage a clock late in the game. Correct. Management is usually uh, poop. Uh, he's still one of those coaches that I've detailed where he has the cheesecake factory menu out. And when the defense is on the field, he is sitting next to the quarterback doing stuff. Um, I don't trust him fully still. Obviously, Mahomes, but I, Mahomes hasn't looked spectacular. Obviously, they're going to wind up putting up 30 points somehow because they have they just bought every offensive position you can imagine. Um, and they just put out so much talent. But I feel like Cleveland defensively is getting um, kind of they, – they're getting their two starting corners, <laughs> corners back. They, they did a pretty good job against uh, the Steelers in the beginning part of the game just to shut them down at least. Um, the biggest part still is their offensive line should be good to go. Uh, and that's the biggest part. Obviously we've detailed how um, any of these upsets, if you want to go on the road, win, usually it's cliche, but you, if you run the ball and you can actually score touchdowns as cream hunt, and Nick Chubb showed um, and capitalize that way, that's a really good way to keep the other team off the, uh, the field. I feel like they, they should, they have enough to pull off an upset. I agree. And I think people might point to, well, you know, they gave a lot of points to Pittsburgh and they, look, they were choking at the end. And I don't think so. I honestly think if you go up 28 nothing, so, so early in the first half, that's tough to play defense the rest of the way. It's tough play calling, too. Well, they really two starting corners were out, too. It's kind of like, okay. Right. Yeah, you, know? you, you can't run out the clock in the first quarter. Uh, and then on defense, it's, yeah, we don't want to – you obviously don't want to give up the, the big play and have him score in, in 15 seconds because you give up an 80-yard touchdown. So you are playing prevent-ish on defense, okay? And so they're going to get their yards. But I think one thing that I, I heard from the defensive coordinator from Cleveland, uh, I'm blanking on the name, he said prior to that um, game against the Steelers, he said the Steelers are going to complete their passes. They're going to get their yards. They're going to complete their passes. But – you know, what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, we're going to give them the short ball. You know, they can complete their three-yard crosser, their, you know, two-and-a-half-yard run. But if we stop the tackle, if we make the tackle as soon as the catch is made, then they're going to win. And that's exactly what happened. They Big Ben threw, like, 40 completions. But, you know. You knew that was going to happen, too. Matter. He knew that was going to happen too in that game that he was going to end up with like some crazy stats because they <laughs> they were down so big it was like okay they're going to probably come back because Cleveland is Cleveland and he's going to end up with 500 yards but he also played the crap um, correct now Kansas City the the whole thing though is do you trust Baker Mayfield <laughs> that's the other thing 
I trust Baker Mayfield if you can run the ball. Do I trust Baker Mayfield if you're asking him to throw the ball 50 times, you know, and um, and, and there's zero run game? I, I don't yet, but he could easily prove it to me. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. This is I, I was going to ask you this question before. I was going to say who has the most to uh, to gain in this uh, week of football, and I, I was going to argue uh, Baker Mayfield. This is a huge prove-it game. If he – like, I'm, I'm envisioning something. Like, if say it's 24-21 in the fourth quarter and he leads a touchdown drive or something like that to take the lead, you know, he might not play the greatest game, but if he does something like that, that – because I feel like Baker's – it's been a quiet year for Baker. Right? Yeah, because the, the attention's on the backs. Right, but it's – in terms of quarterbacks, it's this year's kind of Josh Allen. Last year was Lamar Jackson – you know, the for rookie year for Baker was obviously his biggest, but he, he's been pretty efficient. Um, and I feel that if, if he, if he's able to go to toe to toe with uh, Kansas city and he, he's even able to knock them off and they put up points, this, this goes a long way. And, you know, he, he'll make the final four. That's a huge thing. Right. Yeah. I think it's definitely huge for Baker. You know, I, I think, I might actually go out on a limb and pick the Browns to win this one. I'll say they win 33-30. Wow. Um, I'll say Cleveland covers and the over. I'm not going to say who wins. (laughs) I'll say Shelby. uh, Yeah. Get to the nightmare uh, task at hand for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes. Uh, Let me pull up the the football um, stuff. All right. Yeah, so give, me the, give me the sabermetrics here. New Orleans is a three-point home favorite. That's not surprising. The over-under is 52, so a little high. So my, my thought on this game is, again, I said it and I called it during their Week 12 loss to Kansas City because that loss, obviously, as I was, I was upset. I wanted to see Brady get the ball with one last try as they were mounting that comeback, but Mahomes uh, basically ran out the clock with four and a half minutes to go. Brady never saw the ball again. Uh, The big thing for the Buccaneers is what is our answer to the blitz? And, you know, because everyone was pulling up these stats, oh, Tom Brady is getting worse against the blitz uh, this year than any other years. And and really the reason is because if they blitz, well, where are you going to go? And now he's starting to – I remember – even last week in the wild card round against the Washington football team. Uh, they were showing blitz off the left side with, I think, two defensive backs. Brady said 20 or 25, basically saying if either of those two come, like you're running your hot route. And then that's exactly what happened. Uh, one of them came. Brady got the ball out right away to Godwin, who proceeded to drop it in the flat. But now they're starting <laughs> to get, you know, now they're starting to get answers against Kansas City. They got answers in the second half. So ever since that bye week, I think they've been very good on offense. Um, the defense, and obviously you're going to talk about it too, the coaching yes. situation is, is going to uh, be the limiting factor. Am I worried that uh, Tom Brady will just be lost and have no answers against the New Orleans Saints offense or defense? Uh, no, that's not what I'm worried about at all. Um, I think that they're going to be able to move the ball. I think Brady – the way that he's been throwing the ball has just been awesome. And, and I think we, we knew that the way he physically threw the ball 
was great and fine all year long. Maybe some people didn't see that, but now that they're starting to get, you know, answers for Brady when he, when he gets the blitz, they're starting to go with, you know, more of the stuff that he ran in new England, you know, that's, that's what he's comfortable with. Get him comfortable, you know, give him some resemblance of time in the pocket. You know, if that back foot can land and he's not being swarmed already, you know, he's going to find the open guy and he's going to make a great throw. Uh, so I think Brady and the offense will look good. Uh, the defense I am concerned about if, if they, for some reason, and I, I had this big grant after the blowout in Tampa Bay against the Saints in week nine, they were like rushing four and playing zone against Drew Brees. And you and I both said, well, what does Drew Brees want to do? He wants to get the ball out quick, quick, quick. But if you're playing this, you know, soft zone against Drew Brees, all like Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara has to do is run like three yards, find the space in between the zone, catch it. And then all that, you know, Kamara and Thomas are great at making guys miss on its tackle. And then there you go. So why can't we see, yes, maybe Tampa Bay doesn't have the guys to go, you know, man to man the whole game. But I think that if they, you know, if they could bring five here or there, they, you know, play press, at least try and make Drew Brees hold on to the ball because Drew Brees is like Tom Brady in a way. The longer he holds on to the ball, I think worse things happen. So I want to see Drew hold the ball. And I think the only way that you can do that is if you can play some type of man coverage. Um, so it's really hard to beat a team three times in a year. And Brady never really played that well against New Orleans in any of the uh, first two matchups. I would say uh, Brady's better win this game. <laughs> he can't, yep. he can't want to leave New England go and lose three straight times to the division winner. You, you like, like I said before, they beat a team last week with their backup quarterback and the team had a losing record that, and, and Brady made it in the playoffs as a wild card. That is the bare minimum for uh, Tom Brady in terms of uh, expectations. Uh, the, 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 I feel like they should have an advantage because they played him three times. I, Brady has looked better. Uh, like I said, uh, some of that, though, the, the great games that he's playing, I will say he's played uh, utter dog shit for competition for the most part. He's played like a Lions team that uh, quit and the Falcons and the, the Vikings and the, of the like. Um, he did look great against Washington. I still uh, am terrified of the idiot factor. Um, the idiot yep. quotient. I'll make that a, a new uh, statistic. The idiot quotient. Um, I like it. Yes, uh, like the uh, Frank Reich displayed a high idiot quotient last week. Uh, Bruce Arians with a stupid hat is a uh, magnet for idiot quotient. Um, there's many ways for you to uh, develop idiot quotient. I can't wait to expand this and fully describe it. Um, but I feel like the idiot quotient with uh, Tampa Bay outside of Tom Brady is extremely high relative to New Orleans. Um, New Orleans bores me though. I, I think you agree. Uh, New Orleans bores me. They don't really, I don't know. It's the, I don't really care about the saints. I hope they, they're, they're, they're predictable that, yeah, they could disappear and I'd be like, all right, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So 
in terms of the football game, I will take Tampa to cover in the over-unders 52. It's in a dome, so screw it. I'll go over. Uh, hmm. You know, 35. How about 35-31 Tampa wins? They better win, by the way. because They, they, the, they the, better win. In the, in the Brady-Belichick discussion this year, obviously Brady is one. It's not even close. Belichick didn't even show up, right? He put out such a shitty roster. It didn't matter. However, in terms of uh, – you want to hear another sabermetric? Is that, what year is this for Brady in terms of being a full-time starter? Uh do you count 2001 as a full-time starter? Because I count two that, I count games? I count from 2001 all the way through, except for 2008, because he missed obviously all of that season. So 2001 on minus 2008. So 19 years. 19, 18 years. 18 years. 18 years. He has not made a the final four, the conference title, only five of those years. Right. right, but that's not so, normal. That's not normal. Right, but Tom Brady's the greatest player of all time. The expectation is not normal. The expectation for him should be he's in the final four. He went to a team that has all the offensive firepower that he asked for. And um, so this year for him would be, a, I, I understand he's thrown 40 touchdowns and all this crap. And we, they went 11 and five. They got dicked on by the division winner twice. Um, and they've won one playoff game against a team with a losing record in their backup quarterback. They better win this game or else it looks like a, a it, it looks like a Peyton Manning kind of year. And you don't. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. And I think you would agree with me that the limiting factor is definitely the coaching and the defense for the Buccaneers. Right. The idiot quotient. Now, you, you said it, too. The Saints offense is kind of predictable. It's kind of boring. How do you stop them? Because it seems like every single week they can just complete all these like dinky, stupid little passes and, and you, no one is able to find an answer. You put your heels, if you're the safety, um, you find the line of scrimmage, you walk 10 steps back and you put your heels there and uh, the, the, he can't throw that far. Um, I, I really don't <laughs> think he can throw far at all. Yeah, no, he can't. Yeah, he can't. Well, effectively. You need a certain – I think his arm strength has actually legitimately diminished. Brady still has his. Um, but I I still have faith in that the Bucks front seven. I just don't have any in their secondary, which is huge. But you, you can scheme up a bad secondary with some different pressures. I'm worried that Bruce Arians is going to do something stupid, like screw up the clock uh, or – I, I guess there's no equivalent of just saying, hey, uh, your second corner, go play one-on-one with Tyreek Hill the whole first quarter. See how that right. goes. Because that's not going to happen. I, 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 something stupid's going to happen for the Bucks, and it's probably going to be on Brady to bail him out. He better play well. He, he didn't – yeah, I know you're going to say he, he played well in that first game and there were issues in some of these games. He really didn't play very well in either of those two games, and it wasn't very close. He better show up and at least play a good game, or else it looks bad on him. He plays the he goes leaves the AFC East, goes to the NFC South, has a real opponent in the division, and he plays poorly all three games. He better yeah, like you know, I'm expecting him to. I'm not expecting I the Bucks to really help him though because they're idiots. <laughs> I think Brady does rise to the challenge. 
I think he knows he has to win this game. I think he knows that he gives Drew Brees like a legacy enhancement if he can let him beat him in this game. This and this is just a disappointing year, though. If he loses this game, they will have won one playoff game, not gotten out of the first round or uh, divisional round. The expectation going in was uh, you you are competitive in the conference title game. So now, what would be the most poetic way for the Saints to lose? Because we know they are heartbreak city. So, what would be the the greatest heartbreak for uh, the Saints here? Would it be? Um, if, if the Buccaneers scored at the last minute or if they, for example, turned the ball over on offense to try and win it at the last second. Um, like a Drew Brees stretches it out for a sneak at the goal line to try and win it, but then fumbles on the one. Ooh, this is fun. I like, I like the schadenfreude effect of this. You're familiar with schadenfreude, right? Yes. Right. That, yes. For the viewers out at home who uh, are uh, simpletons, schadenfreude is uh, taking – um, joy in the pain of others. That's my primary source of joy. Um, so how are the saints going to get screwed? I don't want to say like an official, like a ref screws up a call. Cause that's lame. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's outdated. Uh, the obvious one would be like, they, they make this great comeback. Like say the bucks were up like 31 to seven at the beginning of like the second half. And the Saints come roaring back and they make it 34 to 31. And then Brady gets right. the ball and he, he goes down in the minute and scores a touchdown. <laughs> now that would be fun. Um, yeah. Because the Bucks would be idiots and the Saints would choke all at once. I'd so love, it'd be, I'd it would be a do- for me, that would be great because it would be a double loss, right? The moral loss and the actual loss. But um, realistically, the uh, Drew Brees will probably uh, puke on himself. I would love uh, a 2017 Pittsburgh way of losing. I think that would be hilarious. Oh, the, <laughs> oh, that then that, that would that would be brutal. <laughs> that would be yeah. fun. Um, shall I? I have a few questions for you though. Who has the uh, who out of all the people, the parties, um, any? Any team, any owner, anybody who has the most to lose this week with a loss? The most to lose this week. In terms of maybe reputational, uh, job, Uh, I'd probably be split between a couple right here. Uh, I think that if Drew Brees loses again, um, I mean, then he's five and seven uh, in the postseason ever since his sole Super Bowl victory. I think that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has a lot to lose too. He has not won a Super Bowl since 2010. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're the first seed. And, uh, you know, if you're Rodgers, you don't know how many more chances you have to be the first seed, to be 13 and three. Sure, they've been 13 three two years in a row and they've been looking good. But again, you don't know how many more chances you have. Uh, and then I would also say, you know, this, this is probably the third. Out of, out of the three enlisting, Lamar Jackson, because if he does lose again and if it's a poor showing, then I don't think that hit the victory last week, uh, you know, proves that he can, he knows how to win in the big games. You know, I don't think right. one victory makes him a conqueror. I think it reverts back to uh, the norm if he has a poor showing um, this week. But I, I like honestly, I might, I might go Drew Brees. He, how many, he's retiring after this year. 
Right. Um, I would uh, still say um, I would agree with you on those three people. I would say that um, Aaron Rodgers is probably at the top of my list, though. He's got he's got the coach who likes to cater to him. He has all these weapons. He has a good defense. They're playing at home. They're playing the Rams with a banged up quarterback. He hasn't been to the Super Bowl since he went 10 years ago. Um, you know, they, he got the other coach fired in uh, uh, what's his face, Tubby McGee there. Yeah. Um, so it, it, how many, I mean, he was the MVP this year. He should win the MVP this year. Like you can't then show up and then lose to an inferior team at home with all these factors going in your favor. And then still, you know, like he's, these guys sneakily have not put up in the playoffs, Breeze, Rogers, these kinds of guys, right? They, yeah. it's, it's been now, it, both of them, the clock has been over a decade or close to it. Um, Drew Brees, I, I think he's just hasn't, I mean, obviously statistically he still looks good, but he's captain arena ball, right? Correct. He plays indoors and he has all these weapons and everything. The team around him is great. Um, I think he's at like the end of his career. I don't think he, you know, you've seen the arm strength diminish. I don't, really feel like if he loses it still is like okay you've only won one and you, you didn't really come close since um is this by the way if if new orleans doesn't win would it have been the only time since they won the super bowl that they got back to a conference title game be that rams won correct right okay so yes that ah, that actually makes a difference i mean this is this is also on sean payton too Right, Breeze and Peyton yeah. tied at the hip. Um, let me think this through. Lamar Jackson's obviously a big one. He like right now. He's, but he's young enough that that he can overcome it still. Right. Um, the sneaky one, and I know you're gonna hate it, is Josh Allen. Right. If he goes out and has a poor game and he throws a couple picks, and you know they he kind of chokes that one away then all of a sudden it's like okay well <laughs> you had this great year everything like that you looked like a stud and now all of a sudden you, you're gonna fall on your face and do some of the same stupid mistakes you did before um that i don't know if that's gonna happen but i'm saying that that also is cause for concern brady really doesn't have much to do um relative to his body of work obviously i just said this year he has to win but Right. It's not like he's going to lose everything if he doesn't. Uh, the, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to be the Chiefs next year. It's not, I don't really care about that. Um, yeah. And then on the flip side, the most to gain, like I said, Baker, that's a huge, huge thing if Baker goes out and uh, plays like a stud because he's been quiet and kind of slept on this year. And if he shows up and he, he goes out, goes toe to toe with Mahomes. And he, he goes to a conference title. That's huge. Um, I guess Rodgers, if he has a great game again, and they, I get, well, in terms of the divisional round, I don't think he has that much to gain. But in terms of the postseason, if he ends up winning another Super Bowl or even Breeze in the same regard, that's also huge too. But I think right. it's mainly Baker has the most to gain. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. You know, I think it's it, divisional round, like we said, is – the biggest week of the year. So most fun football week of the year for sure. The highest and quality. Yet, right. You have eight teams looking to make their mark 
and looking to prove something. I think everyone's got something to prove this week. Yes. No, I would agree. Yeah. Um, hmm. Anything else? You know, no, no more grievances to file for me. No, no more grievances. I'm currently watching the Bruins. Uh, once again, they are losing to an inferior team. Uh, it's great. I love it. It's just awesome. Um, Thanks for coming out, Bruins. Yes, thank you for losing to the worst team in the NHL. But uh, anyways, um, yes, I can't wait to watch. I will be sitting on my chair drinking my Guinness. I don't know what else I yeah. should drink, though. What's, just, what would be just, your top three drinks of choice on a, a football Saturday slash Sunday? I'd love a Guinness. Um, I would love a vanilla porter. I would vanilla love porter. a really good. I'd love, let's see what else. Um, I'd probably, I, I'd, I just want something dark today. Dark and stormy. Dark and storm, dark and storm. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe a nice cocktail later in the day. Cocktail? Yes. A painkiller. A nice painkiller. Painkiller. Yeah. Mm, well, I'm going to make my frozen mudslide. That'll be fun. You better, uh, you better send pictures of that. Oh, I will. It'll be on my Snapchat. Well, you know, it is... Um, I think we, we might have covered it all, Matthew. I think we did. All right. Just well, kids... Time. Until next time. Until next time, kids. Au revoir.